I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. Very welcome to episode 160 of the Irish Photography Podcast. My name is Darren, I'm your host as usual, and I'm going to talk to somebody this evening who I'm really, really excited to talk about because his photography is something that I've really enjoyed looking at on a regular basis, and I've already identified his style, and I'll get into that, I suppose, as we go through the conversation as well. So without any further ado, welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast, Dermot Garden. How are you getting on, man? I'm not bad, Darren. How are you getting on? Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, thanks very much for coming on, man. You know, like I said, I've been following your work there for a while, and I've been looking at it, going, "Wow, that's not a banger. That's not." I'm running out of certified <laughs> bangers on the old Fridays, so <laughs> it's getting a bit hard. Well, well it goes both ways because uh, first time caller, long time listener, um, <laughs> big big fan of the podcast, and I've always listened to him driving around and stuff. So yeah, good, good stuff, to be here. Good stuff. Yeah, well, look, tonight to have you on. I'm really excited to kind of get into under the skin and get into the nuts and bolts of your photography journey so far. And I'm sure we're going to have a few laughs as well along the way. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the most important absolutely. Part about it. so, I suppose, look, even before we get into all of that, let's start out right from the get go. Who is Dermot? Okay, so I am a 35 year old web and digital developer from Dublin, uh, South County Dublin. So, I'm in Ballantyre. Um, I'm basically I'm at the foot of Tree Rock and about ten minutes drive from Dunleary, so I'm in a lovely little spot as far as photography options go. Um, said like my predominantly I'm a web developer, uh, but then mm-hmm. in every role that I think that I've had as far as um my work has gone, I've always found myself with the camera. So I was at like with a conference and event company, and I'd be out doing the photography or doing the video, and then. Eventually then, I think around the same time that I got my first Canon camera was around the same time that I went out on my own as a freelancer. And uh, I found myself, and I was doing a lot of photography work, portrait stuff and food photography, and it was going really well. But I think after a while then of doing the same, that same kind of work and the same kind of anonymous stuff, I started getting really into the kind of landscapey type of thing, uh, Mm -hmm. type shots, Mm -hmm. and I started concentrating on that and then really trying to figure out how to take photos properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an idea in my head what I wanted. <laughs> uh, I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an idea, but I just didn't know how to get there. And I was like, I could see it on other people's like, how could I not just do this? <laughs> and me and my Canon 1200D with the 18 to 55. And I just, uh, so it kind of started me off and it kind of came across as a bit of a challenge. And right. uh, the more I got into it, the more I started playing with it. And then I suppose I just started trying to figure it out. So it's just been kind of a, a learning process since that time. So very yeah. good. Very good. And I suppose you know what? It's a learning curve for everybody. You're always going to be learning, no matter what you think you knew yeah. yesterday, you're going to know something new the following day, you know. So and I think like you kind of alluded to a couple of things there. Um, was it photography started recently for you, or was it photography from a young age? Did you always have a camera when you were growing up, or did all of a sudden you go, Oh, there's a camera? I've figured that out. Where 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 did the passion come from from the photography point of view? 
So uh, it was when I was younger, my granddad always had uh, cameras around. My, my granddad made his money in cameras back in the 60s. He was bringing in Fuji and Agfa. And wow. like, it was all, like when he passed, he gave me a box of cameras, like Polaroid land cameras and Super 8 video things. So th they were always around when I was growing up. And then my dad's like a computer technician as well. So the technology side from him has always been there. So mm -hmm. I've always been kind of playing around with it. And then it came to my 30th birthday and my dad got me um, a Canon. 1200d okay. with the basic lens on it and i thought i was the tits i the was like knees. i've got yeah. uh, first time a dslr with a with manual mode and i i'd been taking photos before on my phone you know and i i could appreciate a good photo i, I didn't understand what i would appreciate about it or what it was but like that's nice you know there was, and mm -hmm. i would always try to do this type of stuff on my phone but never with the proper result that i would see or that i would want um and then again, through doing little bits of work here and there, and you know, I was doing kind of jobs here and there, and I get a couple of quid, and then I bought like a Samyang fourteen mil. I was like, yeah, I'll just do astrophotography. Not <laughs> just a, like that. Not a breeze what I was doing <laughs> at all. I, I I think I ruined more shots than I did get good shots. Like it was it was terrible. So, um, but then after a while, then I kind of just stuck with it, and uh, I got myself a, a Canon eighty D and the mavic air the drone mm -hmm. and that's that's where it really kicked off so it was probably about four or five years ago at this stage um and yeah the the passion's been going strong since then and you know it's a very very cheap passion isn't it you know camera gear you can do <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> it is yeah yeah you can tell that to my missus right i'll make sure she hears this part of the episode well, you know what I said. I said this. You've probably heard it before. You know, I hope when I die that my wife doesn't sell my camera gear for what I told her. Costume. Ah, <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, it, it it is a great hobby though, and it's and not even a hobby. Great passion to have. Let's put it that way. But most people start out as a hobby, and when you kind yeah. of start out and you get a camera in your hand, you go, you know what? Exactly that. I can do a lot i'm the bee's knees in the cat's pajamas and you try yeah, yeah. your hand at everything and stuff like that and you've mentioned a couple of things there you know food photography and you know landscape photography have you tried all different types of genres with photography no because you had the camera next to you in the part of your your professional life that brought the camera with you let's just say yeah i would have um i've done i've done food photography i've done automotive photography i've done conferences and events I've done portrait, I've done fitness, and then I've done video as well for all of these things. So true work. I had a, I did a campaign with the LVA, the Licensed Fitness Association, and the mm -hmm. Taste.ie, and it was a tough one, I tell you, right? So I had to go around the country, um, and I, I'd organize this in advance, or it'd be organized for me, and I'd have to do maybe four or five pubs or restaurants in a day, and I'd oh. show up, and they'd send out their five or six dishes, and I'd take photos of each one, and I'd have to eat them at the end. Oh, nice. This is really tough, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that was my job for a bit. So that was one really good, so I got to do the kind of a lot of food photography, which was great, um, with the automotive side so for the past couple of years i do a lot of work with done deal so i'm kind of on the road for them okay. taking photos of garages and forecourts and yards and cars and whatever it might be so there's that aspect as well a lot of video with that as well and, nice. and quite a bit quite a bit of drive and i kind of be up and down the country a lot like you know mm -hmm. good opportunity mm -hmm. to listen to your podcast absolutely. And, uh, yeah absolutely um and then just through working with different companies because i go in as a web developer you know that's my that's my bread and butter and then they're like oh you can also use a camera you know so i was working with a conference and event company for a while and then they were like look will you come over we have a client spec savers and they were like we have a conference in norway 
we need someone to photograph and do video for it. So I said, okay, we'll do that. Uh, I got a friend of mine, Sinead, to come with me and we went over and she looked after the video. I looked after the photos. Very good. It was a great success. And, you know, everything that I've done has been a little bit more progression. You know, I've been trying mm-hmm. to kind of refine it and hone it in and, basically i'm learning as i go you know and, and that's what my photography is to me at the moment it's like a work in progress mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. every time i think that i know something it opens the door up to me knowing absolutely nothing you know and, and i kind of see oh do you know what there's a lot more to this and then i'm kind of like okay now i'm challenged mm-hmm. so yeah I've, I've done quite a bit yeah and you know it's interesting you said a couple of things there i kind of want to expand on you know it, every single day is a school day you are going to be learning you know but if you if you look back on what you thought was a banger two years ago i know you look at that and go oh, jesus hang on a second i've advanced so much more now since then and now yeah. fast forward two years from now and the world's your oyster and what you'll be able to do and what you'll have learned to do and stuff like that as well so i think it's a it's a great thing like i said to evolve but also to look back and see how you've progressed because you actually have a tangible thing that you can look at and see your progression as opposed to what you think you were able to do when you produce an image there it is and then you look back and go, Jesus, I remember that when I remember, remember editing that shot going, that's it, done. Yeah. And now two years later, you look back and go, geez, what was I thinking? You know, so like, I think that's what I love about photography, even from my own point of view. I mean, I'm still learning. I don't know what I'm doing, but most of the time I'm making it up as I go along. And I you know it works. It gets me out. It gets me in enjoying the, 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 the landscape, let's just say. And that's where from your images and I look at your images and like, you know, we alluded to it there. You're a regular contributor every single week when I do the Insta um, shares and the Friday feature on the, on the Instagram page and your shots, I'm running out of certified bangers. I mean, you know, every <laughs> single one I look at, I go, there's another one. There's another one. I can't just turn it into the Dermot Garland, you know, Friday feature page. It has to be other sure people as well. <laughs> I can, yeah. <laughs> but but it, it leads me to the question, you know, I mean, like you have so many images that you put up and like, I, I, how often do you actually get out for the landscape point of view? With your camera do you squeeze it in whenever you can or as you're driving around you'll say okay you know what i'm here i've got the camera in the boot bang i'll grab a shot how often do you get out um so i think i'm quite seasonal to be honest and then time of the day and um, so during the summer i find it very difficult to shoot you know it's very hard to get up to try to get mm-hmm. blue hour sunrise or sunset it's a bigger yeah. commitment than it is so i like my autumn to spring and that's my bread and butter to be honest what i tend to do is i kind of go out in bursts you know depending by the weather you might get a nice week of like kind of hectic weather and maybe pick out a spot and go around the different places around dublin and um, but yeah I, I i generally get out in the colder times and um, mm-hmm. during the winter a lot more and uh, you get much crispier shots as well mm-hmm. with the cold especially yeah. a sunrise and stuff as well so that's it and at the moment i find myself i'm kind of in an editing season at the minute you know i'm going through all my photos from the year because i haven't been out to be able to go out shooting now in about three weeks four weeks i think okay. and i'm just going through my library because what i tend to do is i shoot and i sit on my images for ages and it's a bad habit i know but it's it's it, i just sit on them and then depending on how I'm feeling or the kind of edit style I'm going for certain images will fit into that type, that, that kind mm-hmm. of, that kind of mood that I'm going for. So mm-hmm. at the moment I'm kind of really trying to focus on that and, and, and the photography itself and trying to find a bit more simplicity. And also I'm trying to let my photography mature, I think is probably the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to kind of relax away from the mad vibrant colors that I was like, as I said at the start there, like my photography is like a work in progress. But when, mm-hmm. when I started taking photos, I was really pushing sliders too far and 
Spinal oh, tap right. 11. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I was a devil for that stuff. Absolute devil for <laughs> it. But pushing, pushing the, the sliders too far, too much saturation, trying to change, like trying to find this unique style, a, a unique style. I still haven't found it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. And, mm-hmm. um, but now I'm trying to pull back a little bit more, you know, try to let it mature a little bit, trying to be a bit more, um, purposeful with my images, you know, the subject, mm-hmm. the framing, um, and, and the colors as well. So, and, and you know what I mean when we think about it when we go out with our camera you either go home immediately and you edit them immediately and you post it up and you haven't got a, an opportunity for it to season or to, to yes. brown off in the oven let it's, it cook a bit further amen. you know absolutely um, and I do think as well that you know I'm similar to that uh, I, 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 I get bursts and I go off and I, I may not post an image or a video for what I've done it could have been a month ago so I've had a month to look at that image and, and look at it again and there's a lot to be said for do an edit, get up, walk away, come back to it the next day yeah. and see if you still like it or not. Because you become nose blind or color blind, let's just say, to what's been done. And all of a sudden you go, geez, what was I thinking? Whereas if you cut that immediately, and there's not, I know a number of people, and there's nothing wrong with it if they want to do it that way, but they'll be out shooting sunrise and the image is edited and posted up online by 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I know a few people like that. Yeah, you know, and I think you're better off, let it sit, you know, do your edit, step away doing a completely different thing and then come back to it again then see it so your approach i wouldn't say you're you know, it's a bad thing to kind of sit in them for a while because it gives it the opportunity to finesse to fine tune and then say yeah you know what happy with that and then you can get the burst of that style because you're then in that frame yes. of mind as opposed to i like this color palette today i like the other color palette the next day and all of a sudden you're getting a mismatch and stuff and you know from the the, the platform that you're sharing and the likes of instagram i think that's very very important as well because then you create your grid which is recognizable and you know that some of the greats like peter mckinnon says okay change your grid for autumn colors change your grid for summer colors change your grid for and you get that seasonality and it appears in relation to your grid if you get the opportunity to have that frame mind and do the editing at the same time so that's just my absolutely no to that Amen. You couldn't have said it better, you know, and just to add on to that as well, sometimes when you go back to look at an image that you've taken, you kind of see it through different eyes. Like I go back to an image now that I have taken two years ago and I myself as a photographer, I'm a different, you know, I'm seeing things a little bit differently. I'm seeing something different in that image now. And maybe I saw it there and then when I was snapping the image, I don't know, but for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't edit that or publish that or post it or whatever you know and mm-hmm. when you go back sometimes you just get caught and you're like jesus you know that fits right now yeah so lots to yeah. be said for it absolutely and you know we've kind of alluded to it there i mean with instagram how do you find instagram as a platform now for sharing your images do you think that it's a good platform do you find that it has its strengths weaknesses a lot of people are saying okay you know it used to be a great platform for images now it's moving towards video what's your thoughts on on instagram because you are you know, heavily featuring, let's just say, on the uh, the Friday features on the Instagram page. But in yeah. general, how how do you find Instagram as a platform? So I would I think that it's dying, unfortunately, um, and I'm not giving up on it. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. basically, yeah. So I'm just it's it's kind of like rinse and repeat with me at the moment. Like I. I that's where I started, you know, trying to put my work out there to get feedback, to get criticism. And for that, it's it's still really good. You know, you can still get a bit of, you can get good feedback from people. You can get positivity, get negativity, whatever, whatever you're looking for. However, if you're trying to grow on it as a platform, I think that time is done. I think mm-hmm. that's over. I'm waiting for someone to be like, hey, this is the new Instagram, everybody. This is, here, this is what you have now to, uh, to use. So I've looked at Twitter. I've, I've, I've kind of started posting there separately as well as Instagram. But 
yeah at the moment i'm kind of just sticking put to what i know best i just it's hard though like at the moment i see everybody pushing videos and reels and stuff like that i, I just i feel like i'd be like I've, I've done a couple of reels but they just don't do it for me you know i, I mm-hmm. could spend ages doing a video whereas i just like sometimes like the simplicity of editing a photo mm-hmm. you know spending a bit of time on that and, and and then being done with it but like you could spend two and three days on a reel if, if you really put your time and dedication yeah. into it like yeah. and I, I don't really want to necessarily like fit into that box you know this is what we've been told to do this is the mm-hmm. content that we have to push it's not me and you yeah, know so i struggle with that a little bit you know and i see everybody doing it and like i have a drone so i've got a bank like i'm talking a full bank of like five years of drone video from all over the country that i could take and whip into something meaningful or whatever but it does take a little bit of inspiration at times i've done it before where i'm like you know what now is a time i'll go at something now and i feel a bit inspired but mm-hmm. overall Instagram is just kind of, I just feel like it's on its last legs. And uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe they might listen and put it back to the way it is, but it, it's it's a business now, you know, and, and that's the, rea- the reality. Yeah, look, I kind of, uh, you know, I tend to agree with you in relation to most things are cyclical, you know, they have a shelf life and that they'll be very, very good for a while and all of a sudden, Bebo, yeah. MySpace, or whatever it might be, and they're Bebo. like they're, they're they're gone. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. like when you like Instagram, I think is such a large platform. I mean, it's owned by uh, obviously Facebook and the Meta Group or whatever you want to call themselves these days. But I do think that they're trying to compete for a new generation that's coming through that wants the instant gratification. TikTok is an example. That's why the videos yes. are there. That's why they want to start doing the videos. I mean, you know, I've said it a few times, I suppose, you know, that okay, we shouldn't complain about something that's free, but in reality, we should in a way that if it's not going to be suiting what I have to do and I have to conform to whatever they want me to do to get my images seen and stuff like that. So I think the algorithm is something that nobody will ever understand. And if people spend all their time trying to figure that out, then by the fi- time they finally do, it will change. We changed, yeah. There's nothing yeah. future proof about it, my friend. Nothing yeah, at all. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the other thing that comes to mind and you, you kind of alluded to there, you know, um, where you're living. I mean, you're in a very, very good position, you know, on your doorstep. You've got a lot of things that you can go shoot. You're not that far away in relation to it. OK, you're far enough away from the best part in the country, which is the west of Ireland. But um, <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let you off in relation to that. But um, I mean, like Dublin features quite a lot on your images and Dublin city centre features quite a lot in your images as well. Is there a method to that or is it something that inspires you to want to do that did you see something specific and go you know what i want to focus on that where does that idea come from from the the the, the, the genre of the images let's just say are the locations in there um well i suppose that, yeah location based I'm, I'm, i have a lot on my doorstep you know uh, i said i'm like i'm at the foot of the ticknock mountains i'm 10 minute drive from dun leary so sunrises galore you know then i've got all of docky 15 minutes away yeah. 20 minutes i'm at the pool bag towers and then an hour either side, I can be kind of down a Wicklow Head or up in the Wicklow Mountains, or I can be up at up a Rush, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's as I, as I said, this whole photography journey for me has been a learning curve. You know, I'm just out there practicing, and that's what I'm doing. And it just depends on, I suppose, the conditions and if I'm going out with a friend or not. And Dublin City has got a lot to offer, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of amazing photographers here in Dublin, and 
with that, there's a lot of competitiveness as well. You know, there's, we're kind of out there as well, just trying to show sure. the same location just in a different way, which I love that challenge. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know, it's, it's, it's all on my doorstep and I go to the same locations and have done for the past five years, you know, just different times, different, different weather conditions mm-hmm. um, and, and just try to rinse and repeat because it, it's, it's constant learning, constant practice. And I suppose through the, like, as my cameras evolved as well, each time I've gone and been like, oh, right, I'm going to go back to that spot now and see how this differs. Yeah. You know, when I'm trying taking it with this camera and this lens to see this exact same shot, you know, particularly with the drones and when, when, when I went from Canon to Sony, huge difference. But I wanted to see and understand that in my images. And like, yeah, so that that's basically it for me. It's uh, it's just where, where can I go? Where's the weather going to be nice? And Mm-hmm. But if I could pick any of those spots, I'll be, if I'm honest with you, Dunleary. Dunleary is a spot for me. It's got so much to offer. Mm-hmm. The harbour down there, especially if you if you want a mixture, you know, you've got everything from, there's two lighthouses, you know, you can send the drone up in the air. It's 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 just fantastic, like, mm. especially for sunrises. It's a class spot. I, would you believe I've never gone photographing in Dunleary? I mean, I lived in Dublin for seven years back in the previous life, let's just say, but I was oh, before yeah. before I ever had the... The, the graph for the camera. Um, right, the only thing right, I right. did in Dunleary was scuba dive, and that was the worst experience ever because all I could see was probably one foot in front of me from the visibility was so bad. But um, I think you know it's interesting you say Dunleary because I would have actually thought that the Samuel Beckett Bridge and the Convention Centre and stuff like that would be a kind of an area that you go. You know what? Every time I go back there, yeah, I'm going to have different lights, I'm going to have different colours, I'm going to have different conditions in the water, and there's some beautiful shots, as you said quite rightly. Some really, really talented for photographers around Dublin but yeah, in Dublin yeah. city centre as well there's a plethora of items that you can photograph yeah, on, a, on a regular there basis is. you know yeah there yeah. really is like you know especially around the Samuel Becker Bridge there at the CCD and stuff like that you know there's there's loads there really is and mm. you're around the kind of Dublin Bay area is is lovely you know where, where the port is and even yeah. down towards the Gulbeck Towers yeah um, it, it's, and especially now that we're kind of well I've got myself a bigger lens as well there's more reach from wherever I am so yeah. you'd be surprised at things you can get like you know I'm able to hit the Gulbeck Towers up in Ticknock Mountains at the minute wow. crystal sharp like and it's it doesn't make for a great image, but just I can, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I suppose look, the advantage there too with the Liffey is that, you know, you can take a photograph due east, due west, you'll get your sunrise bang on, lit up perfectly, whatever the side, time yeah. of day it is, you can go either side and get those images. So um, once, actually, myself and Dermot, we were up for the launch of the EOSR, actually, we got up early and um, I said, come on, we'll go take photos there of the convention centre and Samuel Beckett Bridge. Like, conditions were just pretty standard and there was nothing major. Yeah, yeah, But we yeah. said, you know what, we're here, we're in Rome, as, to, as you say. Absolutely. We, we, we took out the camera. And speaking of Samuel Beckett Bridge, there's a, something I want to talk to you about, actually, and you've alluded to it a moment ago, is about the drone. Because mm. I think the drone is a completely different ballgame when it comes to photography. I mean, you get... Yeah. You, you've got the, the, the tallest tripod, the most maneuverable tripod that you could ever possibly imagine. And you mentioned about doing reels. You did a reel, I believe, there where you featured Samuel Beckett Bridge as one of the one of the, the images within that. And to me, I was looking at that going, that could be an advertisement for Dublin. I mean, it's just, it's it's class the way that you had done the whole thing together. So tell me, a bit more, tell me a bit more about the drone and how the drone has kind of elevated pardon the pun because you know elevated yeah. how, how has it elevated your <laughs> photography <laughs> boom boom yeah the, the drone the drone is excellent uh it's been the, been the best addition 
like I, I, I did like image photography before, and then when drones came out, and a friend of mine, Kieran, got one. He got a Mavic Pro, and uh, he started showing me some of the images. I was like, bloody hell, these are just phenomenal! Like instantly, like you have, and this is back five, six years ago when it wasn't so common. But you had images that people didn't have. You had perspectives that people didn't have. You were showing something new every single time, and um, so it was a game changer for me. Absolute game changer. I started off with the the Mavic Air two or the Mavic Air 1 sorry 12 megapixel and like I didn't even know what I was doing with it you know but I was I was I was still getting images that I was happy with and I was progressing mm -hmm. with you know and mm -hmm. um, a couple of years later then I moved on to the Mavic 2 Pro that's the one that I still use today and that's the one that I did those reels on M much better sensor like the only thing about the drone stuff the photos in particular they are a uh, yeah to, to edit they're very very difficult to edit yes uh, you probably know that yourself yeah, yeah, you, yeah you can't push as far and you really have to nail it in shot to get it right if you want to yeah. try to have any any type of hope to try to put any kind of edit on it in my opinion yeah um but yeah again like that though for a while then i started i, I was doing some uh, a lot of photography around the city center a lot of hyperlapse stuff as well and just trying to get in to see the different features that the drone had and learn it as i went i suppose some of that was then just doing video and trying to replicate different things and like i would have, i've done a lot of video editing work throughout the years with different companies whether it be like putting videos together for culture night and you know editing videos for conferences like i know how to edit and i also know what looks good mm -hmm. you know i have an eye for it you know I, when i see something like you know, that's what i want it to look like so yeah. I would always kind of have a certain aesthetic that I would be trying to achieve or here to, to try when I'm when I'm editing um, and then trying to show something just a little bit different again in my photography or in the video there's really subtle things that I did in that particular um, video you're talking about you'll notice at the very start it's it, it's kind of pulling away but it's also zooming in mm -hmm. but it has a foreground and the background which looks like it's separating it mm -hmm. so you're instantly thinking what am I looking at you know it, it's that little things I think yeah. that that make the difference and I tried to do that in a couple of other videos like the pool bag videos where in premiere you know i was actually with the drone i was rotating around the pool bag chimneys okay. and I, I didn't have it spot on i had it nearly nearly right but then to compensate for it then as well i just put a tracking onto it as well so you're looking at it it looks like it's spinning as it's not moving you're like what, what am i looking at here yeah, like yeah, you know and, yeah, and it yeah. just it's those little things that i'm looking out for and i think people like yourself you pick up on them you know they just look a little bit different so yeah if i can yeah. achieve that somehow that's kind of what i'm after and you know what, I think the drone for me as well is something that it gives you a different perspective on something that you look at every day. And I think Absolutely. if you look at, you know, from, from the Dublin point of view, I mean, look, your know, population of Dublin is what, two million or something like that. So you've got two million people that would see these things on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden they see it from the sky and they go, oh, geez, I never yeah. thought of that. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, where, that's, it. that's the beauty. That's the beauty of that. And I suppose, you know, one final question I suppose I have for you before we go for break is um, we've mentioned in relation to, you know, where you go take photographs. Do you consider your photography style? I know you say you're still, I don't know if you found one or not, but I think that you have. But um, would you consider your photography style to be urban or would it be landscape? Or is it a mixture of both? Herbscape? I think it's herbscape yeah i think i, I, <laughs> I just made that up there right? yeah no, it's all right it's all right yeah it's hard to know because i like i do like the landscapes and it's but yeah it's, it's hard because the edits i go for sometimes they can have an urban look to them at times mm -hmm. you know they can be a lot more darker and more contrasty um 
I don't know. I don't know if I could put a name on it. Work mm. in progress. That's what it is. <laughs> no, we'll get you back on in that two years and we'll figure out, have, have you actually nailed it? Have you got a name for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. We'll have a better yeah. name than Herbscape, you know, I can guarantee you in relation to <laughs> So, yeah, listen, look, it's been a fascinating first half, I suppose, of the show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break, okay? And I'll be right back because I want to get into editing in the second half of the show. So I'm looking forward now to talking about this. So I'll be right back. Sounds good. After this. If you're enjoying this episode of the Irish Photography Podcast, why not jump back and listen to the back catalogue we have of episodes where you'll get some great insights from fantastic guests, gear reviews, lots of hints and tips, and above all else, keeping you company while you drive or relax. Thanks very much for listening. Please consider subscribing, leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast. So, Dermot, like I alluded to there before the break, I'm really excited now to kind of get into the editing of your images. And like, when I see an image of yours, I instantly know that's one of your shots. And I mean, that's something that doesn't happen that often. And I see a lot of images, as you can probably imagine, you know, from the, even the yeah. podcast on Instagram, but even from all the different things that I do, I live and breathe photography. So like for somebody that hasn't seen an image of yours, first and foremost, how would you describe your style of editing? Or not to say your style, how would you describe your editing? Um, good question. Um, my editing is unique, I think, purposeful. And like I was saying earlier on, a work in progress. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm constantly trying to kind of learn, evolve. At the moment, you'll see if you look at my grid, you know, you'll see it's a lot more contrasty and dark. I've been trying to embrace the black tones a lot more and try to be a bit more specific on the subjects that I kind of focus in on. Um, I think before I was using kind of like more desaturated colors or sorry, more pastel -y types of colors. And it was, I think it was on the, uh, yourself and uh, Bernard did a, uh, an Insta spotlight on me. And it was one of Bernard's comments. He said, you know, I don't think it worked in these photos that the kind of pastel -y type. And I was kind of listening to that. And I kind of took that on board, you know, I was like, okay, well I'm trying to go. And I'm just learning as I go really, you know, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, the editing style though, I, when I get in, get into it, I suppose I always like to use teal and orange as the base, you know, yeah. I shoot, I shoot standard. Like I try to nail the shot in, in, in camera, but then when it comes to editing, then I'm taking it down a different road and trying to give a different look to something that you've seen a lot, mm -hmm. a lot before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I play around a lot with like light filters, radio filters, um, to try to, to try to isolate a subject to try to draw your eye into something mm -hmm. um and yeah that that's really it like you know it's yeah and then tidying images up i'm a devil for that like so <laughs> i bring it into photoshop and just I just I just little things little specs here and there i'm constantly cleaning up or signpost removing it and uh, as being a Sony user, you have a lot of dust spots, I imagine, anyway. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. You're well, you're right on that one. <laughs> uh, I'm well versed in the pains of Sony ownership. Yeah, even though I'm a Canon shooter, but you know, Canon, Canon for life. But um, you, 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 you've mentioned there about teal and orange, and that's something I think which uh, is is really interesting for me because they're not the colors that you would necessarily see when your mind's eye, when you're taking the image, but you might, you might see it in your mind's eye when you're taking yeah. the image. Okay. This is what I want to have. So where did that come from? Where did you go? Do you know what? Jesus, I like the teal and orange here. Actually, it's a very good thing. Did it, did it just kind of naturally progress, progress over that in that direction? Or was it something purposeful? And you went, there's one particular image here. Let me just try this. Oh, hang on a second. That works. And now all yeah. of a sudden you get to the next image and you go, I'll try that again. Oh, it works as well. Where, where, where did that evolve from? 
Um, so it kind of came from when I started taking photos. I, when I first started taking photos, I, I was going out for sunrises in Dunleary, right? Okay. And you'd end up with the orange sky and the kind of green sea. Uh, and, and that's where I kind of really started from. Then I tried to kind of put myself into it, give myself a challenge where I'd say, okay, well, I need to try to find elements and objects that have these 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 types of color tones. So it could be the green grass, which I can manipulate into orange, the blue skies, which I can bring down to teal. And I was purposely trying to find myself these different types of photos. So I was going okay. out with this in my head. Um, made a lot of awful photos <laughs> i made a lot of terrible photos like i have I've, I've deleted a load from my instagram and if you go back there's some shameful moments honestly <laughs> we all but have them <laughs> uh, but like and it is but it's part and parcel of learning though isn't it like if it you is. think about it like yeah. you, like when you look at my work i always say it is a work in progress if you go through it you'll see the natural progression of kind of where i'm trying to get to and hopefully i will get there but um yeah so that's that's kind of it you know it's it's it was kind of the idea and plus as well i remember when i first started taking photos i was i don't remember the names but i remember a lot of instagram accounts that would look at and i would see these beautiful teal and orange it's a beautiful cinematic mm -hmm. color combination and when it's done properly like and not like i butchered it at the very start but when it's done <laughs> properly like it is breathtaking to see and it's it it so smooth and so elegant at the same time it's 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 really really good so at the moment, though, you'll see I'm kind of embracing the blues and the blacks a bit more. You know, I'm really trying to find, go down as far as I kind of like the teal into blues, orange into yellows. and just try to push it out a little bit more through editing mm -hmm. um, to see where I go with it. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of concentrating on trying to get that rich, contrasty look to my shots at the minute. Or it, And it's more so coming through. Like I shoot purposely for that. You know, I'd shoot like maybe two stops under, one stop under at times. And I also mm -hmm. take a... For, a variety of shots as well different f-stops um and uh yeah, yeah have to play around with later yeah 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 i think it, i think that's the best way to do it to be honest Aaron. like if yeah. when you come back to your come back to your computer screen you want to have options that's that's the best way because i go through them and again like i said about sitting on the images what i see in one shot and there would be a slight variation here a slight variation there that might jump out at me at different points for a different reason and i might yeah. say oh you know what? there's a bit of beauty in that shot there that i that i missed mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah and I think you know what you're better off to have it rather than be looking for it. You know, I mean, and Absolutely. that's the biggest thing. You know, like yeah. you're in that scene, you have that light, you have that uh, situation in front of you. Take as many shots as you possibly ever think you need, because you're better off to throw them in the bin than rather than suddenly going, "Hang on a second, I wish I just had that one." So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. dead, dead right. And I think like we've you've kind of alluded to it a moment ago in relation to you know, the tools that you use from an editing point of view so is it lightroom is it photoshop or do you use uh, additional uh programs or software as well for your editing um so for photos i use lightroom i start off my whole editing process in lightroom and um, normally get the photo to as close to natural as as possible you know okay. bring up the highlights and stuff like that fix it i always shoot in in auto because an auto white balance sorry not auto but auto white balance and i can fix that then later on depending on what i'm going for with the edit and yeah. um, then once i'm kind of happy enough with where the edit is gone i get it to a certain point bring it into photoshop then and do all my cleaning tidying and maybe add in like light rays or you know some mist or something like that you know i'm a devil for an l filter as well mm -hmm. so yeah. um and then back into lightroom then and then maybe just fine tune it one more time um yeah and then when it comes to the video stuff do a lot of premiere pro after effects they'd be the ones the main ones that i mess around with so 
And how long would you spend on average for for an image? I know it's a difficult one to say. It depends on the image. But like, are you kind of you know bang 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 done? Let it sit. Bang bang bang. Or you say, you know what? I'm going to spend my time in this. Get into the zone. Get into this image. Yeah, yeah. I I'm more like the end. Like I said, yeah. Get into the image. So I'll 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 have a look and see what I have, and I'll pick out. Say if I go on a shoot tomorrow, now I'd say I get five images that I really like. I say I'll pick them aside and add them or star them. I'll come back to them, and I'll probably spend a morning on those five images, and I might only come out with one. But I'll go through everything that I had from that morning. I'll, I'll go through it all. And when I find the right one, you know, I could be an hour at it. You know, it, it, it just depends on the edit and, and how much mm -hmm. time it takes and if it needs a lot of cleaning or touching up or, you know. But then there's been other times as well where the image is just ready. You know, yeah. you know, you know, when you just nail the shot in yeah. camera and you're like, you know, I don't even need to do this much. Yeah. And there's been times and I just put on like I have a couple of presets that I would have made myself over the years, you know, just to push my colors like and I just go through and I start off. And I just hit it I'm like, whoa, just leave that go straight away. Let it go. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been times like that when you'll see you'll, you'll be able to see dust specks as you mentioned <laughs> you'll be able to see dust specks in them if you go onto my instagram you look closely you're like feck's sake i uh yeah. I, I should have just taken my time or you know i'd look back and, and this is more before like i'd see the horizon be off slightly and i'm like oh, for feck's sake there what did you do <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i i actually suffer from that as well quite a lot because you know from a seascape point of view which is where i normally find myself i take Lovely. a shed load of shots and then I can go editing and I go, okay, I like this wave. And I'll concentrate in the wave and I go, okay, that's finished. And then I'll come back to it and go, look at that. You haven't got the horizon straight. I straightened all the other ones. Yeah. I hadn't straightened that <laughs> one. You know? so, yeah, absolutely. It can happen, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, it's interesting like that when you say there, you know, that the, 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 the floor, the process that you would use because you've got Lightroom and do certain things for you. You've got yeah. Photoshop that will do other things for you. And then you bring it back in to polish it in Lightroom before it's finished. So you're actually getting three individual goals at the same image in three different ways and three different workflows. And then ultimately you end up with your banger shots. Like I said, I'm running out of certified bangers, but <laughs> your images. So, you know, it Cheers, definitely man. works. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting because um, some people can spend two hours on one image. Some people can spend five minutes on an image, but it all depends on what you want to try and achieve from that image. Yeah. And yeah. you've, you've kind of mentioned it there, which is the next question I wanted to ask you, you know, is that when you're going out to take your shot, are you shooting for the edit? Or is it a case that when you get back, you go, hang on a second, I'm going to try this edit on this image here. What one is it for you predominantly? I mean, we all have different scenarios when you take a shot, but tomorrow morning, if you're going to go out and you're going to go with the camera, are you now thinking of what you want to edit before you even take the shot here? Yeah? Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about locations and what will work. So I'm thinking about like the contrast and where I'm going to find my dark angles for. That's why I find it difficult at the minute in, in summer, because it's it's unless you're up really really early, you're going to find it very hard to find long shadows. So mm -hmm. best bet is to go up to the up to the woods, up and take knock and try to use the trees for framing and stuff like that. So that's going to be my challenge. And um, when I'm shooting. I kind of I'm either going for a subject, but when I'm shooting, I'm normally shooting to nail the focus, the exposure, and then get varieties around that. And um, so I'll drop the f-stop down, or sorry, I'll drop the 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 white balance down. Sorry, not the white balance. I'll bring the the brightness down. You know, I'll try mm -hmm. a bit, bit bigger focal length if I need a bit more reach. If the focus isn't completely right. Then I do a lot of uh, bracketing shots as well. So take a couple yeah, of exposures yeah. uh, if I want to get it really, really sharp. And then what I end up getting is what I'm hoping to have is a perfectly exposed photo of that scene. 
So for instance, if I went out to like the last time I went to Phoenix Park, you know, I was I was focusing in. So it, the, the scene is basically I'm behind the trees, the deer are in the trees and the sun is rising behind them. So the deer are all kind of backlit. Mm-hmm. So I'm letting that be the exposure and letting the deers be the, the kind of dark shadows. And it just worked out so perfectly. And when I nailed it, especially when I did one and two stops underneath mm-hmm. and it's just a click of just press auto nearly. And it, the, the shot's just perfect. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah. it comes out. And then if I add a little bit more contrast or whatever, or, and then there's a lot of cleaning up in those images, the amount of time I spend removing just leaves and, and shite. Like. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But you but, know what? Yeah you've you've kind of hit on something there i think which is you know phoenix park is a great location for photos because you can get so many deers that are there uh, and you get the sun rising behind that as well and it's it's unbelievable some of the images that i see and and your shots as well i mean you can see the hairs with the sunlight coming behind them on their ears you know and you're kind of going yeah nail that it's unreal it's almost as if they have a bit of personality and they kind of go yeah i'm over here hang on a second yeah, it's a light, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. take my shot like so <laughs> definitely definitely get that and i mean um summertime as you mentioned you know is your not your preferred time because sunrise is too early sunset is too late and you know you don't have as you said you know crisp conditions i mean haze is a killer in the summertime um whereas you don't get much of that in the winter but you do get nice fog and stuff like that so that adds a proper haze that you can work with so do you prefer dawn? Do you prefer dusk? Do you prefer astro? In an ideal world, obviously not the summertime, but like, what's your yeah. preferred time to, to shoot? For me, my favorite time to shoot is blue hour into sunrise. So get, getting that the hour before the sun comes up where you kind of, this, this, you don't, you're, it's kind of very unexpected of what can happen. You know, the sun could light up a little bit beforehand, the sky yeah. could light up the clouds underneath. Um, and then you've also got the chance, depending on your location, if you're kind of a little bit outside Dublin, good chance of getting some stars in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then into sunrise then, like my sunrise shots. So that's, that's the kind of favorite time. Again, I could do it into sunset, but sunrise always i'd rather get up early i like the idea of getting up early before the rest of the world mm-hmm. you know it obviously during the winter it's a bit more like rugged and you're kind of looking out for those proper mornings but mm-hmm. when you get the right conditions or you have the sun lining up perfectly over like the pullback tower you know it, it's class like yeah and the beauty of sunrise as well is that there's generally nobody else around to annoy you i mean when you get for sunset it can be depending on the location you're in it could be loads of people around there you know and yeah yeah i, I found that over the years like for a sunset is that you're there and you rock up with your camera and someone goes oh photographer what are they taking a photograph of and they come over and they stand right in front of you do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. gonna, people right. are very inquisitive the amount of mornings i've been sitting around with the drone and i'll just be sitting there and trying to keep an eye on the drone and an eye on the screen and some fella just sit down beside me like what you do <laughs> I'm yeah. like I'm just flying the drone can I see I'm like yeah come on then and then they're yeah, asking yeah. you questions and then like I, I get thrown off like because I'm trying to concentrate on the drone keep an eye on it and I'm learning as I'm going the leg is shaking because I'm nervous I just get back 3% battery come on get back <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they start asking you the most craziest questions about yeah. it as well like yeah 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 and tell me um, you know when we think about the drone right there's a couple of images you mentioned it again a second ago and also in locations You've got the pool bag chimneys and yeah. that is a phenomenal subject or they should I say are a phenomenal subject um, to, 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 to shoot. Like I've seen a number of different shots, but your shots seem to stand out because again, you've got the edit, you've got the style in relation to that that's been developed. But like two questions that I have for you. Um, have you shot it from all different angles yet? Or is there still loads more that you need to find? And also is there talk of them knocking them? So are they going to be gone at some stage too? 
probably haven't shot them from every angle yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of pool bag as like the testing ground, right? So it just it does um, it's 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 amazing for 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 photos. So you're looking out be are looking out behind you, you've got the pool bag chimneys, you're looking out in front of you, you've got the pool bag lighthouse. Now that I've got the I've got a I bought a Sony two hundred to six hundred, I can hit Bailey Lighthouse, I can nearly hit or I can hit East Pier and Dunleary. There's loads there's loads to get there. And I suppose that's been the kind of staple as far as progression with the cameras has gone. It's like I I took this shot with the Canon ADD and like a sixteen to thirty five like mm-hmm. whatever how long ago then i went with the sony and i went to the same place and then i got the uh the 70 to 180 and then i, I did the same thing then i got the 200 600 so i'm back again mm-hmm. so it, it does seem like we're down there quite a bit <laughs> but uh there, there, there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of photography yes. options down there and plus then you've got the drone as well so it, it's it's lovely um but they have been talking about knocking them down. I have heard a lot of rumors about it. I remember there was a big talk about it like two or three years ago, and there was two yeah. photographers from up here. I think it was Muno Explorer, Rod Dublin. They were setting up some page where they were saying, don't knock them down. If anything, they should just be kind of put there, made permanent. If they're, I think the, 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 re- the reality is they're structurally unsafe or something like that, and that's the okay. worry. Um, okay. But if they were to just keep them there in place, I think they're iconic. For they Dublin, are iconic. You know? They are. Yeah, yeah, like I think they are. Like, and uh, it'd be a shame to see them go. I, I, I'd be very unhappy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, you mentioned there about being able to see them from many different areas. Is when I lived in Dublin, I used to go up to Clayney Hill, and you can see them from Clayney Hill, and you're looking down, and, and yeah. the cliff edge. They used to sit on there and look into Dublin city centre, and bang, you're seeing the towers. You know, and I mean, they are yeah. iconic. And anybody that's living in Dublin or f- flying into Dublin. You know, you'll see them as well as you're flying in. If you're coming in from the UK or whatever, you know, on the left hand side, bang, there they are. You yeah. can see them all in plain sight. So I think they're they're iconic. And I must say, you know, um, I'm quite impressed with the amount of photos that I see of the towers or the yeah. chimneys. But every single one of them is different. They're the same subject, but they're different because they've got a different foreground and a different spot. And then, you know, I was joking, you're saying if you shot them from all angles, because you never will, because, I mean, look, you know, <laughs> in reality, you probably have around about a 320 degrees of where you can actually go, but you get a drone, you've 360 degrees. So yeah. you can do it from any different uh, area there whatsoever. Um, and, you know, you've mentioned in relation to Poolbeg Lighthouse. I mean, that's something, again, that is beautiful to take photographs of um you know, you've got a, you get you get a mad sea there you've got that you know walkway or the wall whatever it may be yeah. you're crashing waves over that um and it's so much to offer in dublin bay alone it's just yeah. crazy you know um and lighthouses is something that i think everybody loves to take photographs of and everybody likes to see photographs of lighthouses uh, as well you know yeah Great yeah and actually speaking of lighthouses i mean you've been down to the mighty hook oh i have that's a phenomenal lighthouse. I think I've never, you know, I love the sea as, you know, most people would know, but I mean, I've never seen conditions as rough around an area as you get around hook. It's so dynamic. The shape of the rocks there are incredible, but yeah. plus as well, it's on the edge of Ireland. So now you can do your astro and stuff like that as well. So like, tell me, how did you, how did you find that experience down there? And have you been down there that often? Yeah, so I've been down there twice, and the last time I went down, it was a late night job during the during the winter. I got up about half two, um, okay. coffee in, straight in the van, and drove down. I got down there about half four, sunrise, it was about six. 
So I had two hours, I had a good solid hour of astrophotography. Um, and, you know, I kind of, it was fantastic because I got down there, like it was mad, I was driving down and I hit a patch of fog on the road. And it kind of, I was like, oh, a bit nervous. And it kind of added to the excitement and the, the, the morning that was in it. And I got down mm-hmm. there and there was no one down there. I mean, not a sinner, no caravan. Sometimes they have mobiles and caravans yeah, yeah. that yeah. are down there. And there was no one down there. So all you had was the kind of rotating light and then crazy wild Sweet. conditions. So yeah. I was like, this is, this is it, right? Let's go to work. So I got down there about, about half four, I think. And uh, I went straight up around the back pointing backwards trying to get some astro shots which was class like the water the rocks the water in the foreground kind of uh long exposure so that was all kind of blurred in lovely i had the lighthouse going around which i was trying to catch it so that i could get the the lighthouse flare to come out as well mm-hmm. which was difficult mm-hmm. and then trying to catch her the astro as well so i was doing different shots different exposures when the light would stop and stuff and yeah then the sunrise came up and it was just incredible like so yeah. i was back around the other side then then it was to get the drone out and yeah it was Never a great did. morning like yeah. I, I came i remember that morning coming back and stopping off in a coffee shop and i was just smiling you know yeah, she did ear to ear like up. it was yeah, just yeah. i was like i knew i knew what was inside that camera inside that drone inside that memory card like i was like i've nailed this like and yeah. some yeah. of the shots i have they still like that was two years ago i think the last one went down and when I see those shots still, I still just get brought back to that, that feeling, like just those conditions down there as well. Actually, a funny one, when I went around the back, I was looking off in the distance. I thought I could see somebody and I was it was really dark and I was like, I definitely can see somebody. And I was like, he's not moving. And I, I got a bit freaked out, to be honest with you. I was sitting there taking the photos of my back, kind of looking over my shoulder, being like, is that someone there? So eventually when the sun started coming up, then I realized it was a signpost. I was like, all right, God damn. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Once you didn't yeah. start talking to the same person, you never answered it, and you'd be yeah, a different yeah. one. You know? <laughs> and and you know, you you mentioned something on there, I think, and it, it it's it's something that I love uh, about photography, particularly from a seascape photography point of view, is the waves, right, and the motion with the water, and yeah, as well. And like, have you? you know, done much in relation to from a seascape point of view, you know, capturing the movement in the water, not necessarily in, in, in hook, but the conditions in hook are, are incredible. But like, does, is there a draw to you for seascapes? Yeah, there is indeed. Again, with the sunrise and stuff like that, I kind of started off and there was a couple of mornings when the sun, when the waves are coming in a high tide in Dunleary and it was crashing off the rocks. And I just had these, these shots where I had the sun placed in the middle and it was water coming up either side and that idea of capturing that motion that movement just dead dead perfect i was like and i, I remember nailing one shot i was like this is deadly i don't know i've heard it before but when you're doing the seascapes like no shot's ever going to be the same you never know, you could take it take it a hundred times and it's not going to be the same so there's that sense of kind of uniqueness about it as well yeah um i did a i did one of bernard's workshops there in dingle about Very two good. years ago and he, he brought me down to a couple of wild places like and there was one, I, I can't remember where it was, but we were down right on the edge and we were trying to do ski, seascape shots. And he's like, wait for the water to come in. And he's great. Like, you know, I, I learned so much from his oh, his, great, yeah. uh, his workshop. And I did actually, I did one with him and I did another one with uh, Ian Carruthers and Anthony Lynch for Very Astro. Good. I did there twice. Like, so they've been the two kind of passions with Bernard's one so we're on the edge there and I'm waiting for the water to kind of come come in and come out so I can get it to lead me the, the line exposure to lead me into the photo he's like Bernard's actually I'm just be careful of that water and we've been the whole day shooting and I was like I'm grand I've got this like you know 
I took my eye off the prize for one second, Darren, one second, and next minute away, it just hit me. And I mean, like, inside my jacket and my jumper, the camera was soaking, absolutely got leathered out of it. <laughs> well, I can tell you that was probably Kuminol Beach. That you yes. Were on. Yeah. Oh, no, hang on. We, we or, did. We or, did. Clahar, one of the two. Yeah, because we were looking down on that beach. We did a shot from a rock looking down onto that beach with the yeah. with the mountains in the background, which I have. I love, I love that shot actually. And then the other one, we kind of had to walk over, and it has a nice pointy pointy rock. I don't know what yeah. it's called. That that that's called the Devil's Horns. That's Coomin Old Strand, that's, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's the one then. Over yeah. over, over by Dunmore Head. Yes, that place put manners on me. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, <laughs> do, do you know what? That, that place puts manners on many many people, and the the water conditions there are phenomenal i was down there actually one time with bernard when he was living down in, in in dingle for a while and um it was a rough sea and we were down for storm conditions and uh yeah. he was like i'm gonna go around the other side of the rock and i'm like all right bernard take it easy like don't take he's it a mentor. he's like i'll be grand i'll be grand you know so he he, <laughs> he he went in here when the wave went out and he got around the rock and i stayed i stayed put and then i all of a sudden i see him coming back and i see this big wave coming in like bernard Run! So Bernard, <laughs> Bernard runs anyway, and I'm not joking you with this wave. I mean, Bernard ran to the very, very back of the beach, up against the rocks, and the water came up to his chest. Jesus. And it was it was that a bigger wave? I mean, that that beach can catch everybody out, um, particularly catches people out who seem to think they can drive their car down there. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bernard's a, a lunatic himself. He just he was out there jumping around rocks, and I was just I was like, where's he gone now? Like he's he's a mountain he's man. He's so a man. Boat. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> you know, seascape is is great for exactly as you say. You know, every single image is unique. The only problem with seascape is that you end up taking thousands of photographs, and it's a bore. Yeah. You haven't edited them when you get back. Oh, That's the problem that I have with it. You know, the file size, file size as well. Like on the Sony as well. Like you know, you're going through like maybe three or four hundred high shutter rate. Like and you're bang, 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 bang at the time, and you might have the one that looks decent, but bloody hell, it's a nightmare to go through. Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, we've kind of mentioned about going to different areas outside of Dublin. I mean, have you got areas locally that you kind of still want to go to or have you got international areas that you want to, to go to? Have you got a, a do indeed. goals yeah, or so, a, a hit list? Yeah, so Cork. Cork is on my list at the moment. I've, uh, I want to go down there. Kinsale. Um, there's a few places down there and, and, and down around that there's a, a rugged coastline down there. I'd love to just to send the drone out and see what I can get. Very good. Um, and then Donegal as well. I'd like to go back up. I've been up there towards Murderhall Beach, but never got onto it. Never, never had the right conditions. I've been up there twice, sorry. So it's a bit around there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, internationally, um, I'm going to do a bit of Australia with my partner. So Very that'll good. be good fun. Um, Brilliant. Do a bit of Sydney and, and Melbourne and stuff like that. Uh, again, a lot of seascape stuff over there and drone stuff. Um, but yeah, at the moment though, I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge really of right now. Like I was saying earlier on, that I find it difficult to shoot in the summer. So now I'm thinking, okay, well, and, and the challenge is there to try to find shots in summertime where I can get the light, the contrast. So I'm kind of feeling a little bit motivated at the minute to try to get out and see what I can get. Um, yeah, so. do you know what? I think you're you're right to kind of push yourself to get out of your comfort zone in the areas because you, that's when you'll probably find new skills that you didn't realize that you had and that you can pull images out of the non-optimum conditions. You know, I mean, from uh, I've always said it before. I mean, bad conditions do not exist in landscape photography. There's always a shot. Granted, yeah, it may not absolutely. be a banger of a shot, but there's always a shot to be able to get. And it's about turning, you know, 
what's the phrase that sows ear into a silk purse you know to, yeah, to, yeah. to and, and you can do that in the edit but i would say yeah definitely get out yeah it's a ball to get up in the middle of the night to get up for sunrise or it's a ball to come home in the morning after being out for the night before for shooting but you know without a belly full of drink is what you'd normally come home after being out yeah. for the of the <laughs> uh, but you know you could have a sim card or an sd card that's full of images so at least that's one way to be able to look at it from that um absolutely and I suppose, look, you know, I've uh, two final questions for you. And I suppose one is um, you, you kind of alluded to the very beginning. You know, you've used your camera from a work point of view uh, as being able to create images and create video and stuff like that. Have you ever thought about yourself kind of going, would I ever go pro here? Like, could this be my full time job? Like, is that an aspiration that you might have uh, at some stage? At the moment, uh, I'm kind of in the middle of just doing the web development and the photography. So I'm kind of doing the 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 digital stuff three days a week and I'm still doing my own stuff two days a week. Yeah. It, it's very competitive out there at the moment. Yeah. And for me at the moment, there's more money in web and I rather keep photography as the passion. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of angled it a bit more that way at the minute. Mm -hmm. Um, never say never though, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's nice to have the separation between going out and shooting landscapes and going out and having that experience. You know, you might get one image, you might get nothing, you know, whatever it might be, who you're with, there's that element to it that it's really valuable, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I like that balance as well. So at the moment, never say never, but I'm kind of happy to have the 50-50 the split at the minute. Yeah, and you know what? I think you're dead right to have it that way too because, you know, if it turns into your living, then it has more pressure. Um, whereas yes. you go to enjoy it, you know, you're actually enjoying it for what it is, not to say, okay, I can't take this image because this is not going to sell take yeah. this image for what you want to do and that's where your passion would have come from um from the biggest part of it okay um last question it's a question that i've, I've introduced a number of episodes ago and i want to ask every single person the same question and i'm interested actually know to kind of hear your uh, answer in relation to the following question is is it the photographer that creates the image or is it the scene that presents itself i think it's the photographer that creates the image okay i think that um lately with the amount of planning weather stuff that goes into it you know there, there's so much kind of thought process behind like well for me anyway i'm trying to think okay well what do i want the end, end product to look like what's the style going to be okay well i need the sun to be here the moon to be there the planning goes in i'm in photo pills trying to align up this or align up that you're looking for the right weather conditions whether it be foggy misty you know perfectly crispy cold that that type so for me Oh, it's hard to say now because I'm kind of happy. It's a tough <laughs> no, question. <laughs> it, is, it is a tough question because sometimes when you're there and, and like I was saying earlier on, you go back on images and, and you might think, God, oh, there was much there, but then you go back on it with, like, let's just say, an older head and you see something in, you're like, bloody hell, there's something in that. Like, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it is hard to know. I think at the start, I, the intention is always to go out and get the, 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 the end result. So that in mind, I think it's the photographer. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Okay. You handled that tough one quite well, I have to say. No fair play. Too. Oh, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, what I'm going to do, Dermot, is I'm going to take one final break and I come back. I've got three staple questions, quick fire questions that I throw at every single guest and I'm looking forward now as well to hearing your answers. So we'll be right back for the final part after this. If you're enjoying this episode of the Irish Photography Podcast, why not jump back and listen to the back catalogue we have of episodes, where you'll get some great insights from fantastic guests, gear reviews, lots of hints and tips, and above all else, keeping you company while you drive or relax. Thanks very much for listening. Please consider subscribing, leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
And you're very welcome back to the final part of the Irish Photography Podcast. So, Dermot, like I said, I've got three questions, which you'll be more than familiar with, and you've listened to a number of different <laughs> podcasts. So I'm delighted now to have you on to ask you exactly the same three questions. So, first question, what is a funny photography story? Okay, so it's a bit rude, this one, but uh, I was... <laughs> so I was down in Vico, Vico, uh, the swimming place. This is a Vico good few bats, years yeah. ago. Yeah, Vico Bats when I was first learning how to take photos. And I had the drone with me and I'd went there before sunrise, you know, it was quite early. There was no one down there. So I took the drone out and, you know, I was flying around the place and taking shots and kind of looking over towards Docky Island and stuff. And I, I in my element. One by one, I could see people were around me, kind of, kind of coming down to go swimming, and I was like, "Oh, right, whatever." Didn't think anything of it. Like, and anyway, I'm going to land the drone, and I'm kind of stepping back to try to see, to try to get a little space there where there's no one around me. And sure, if I go place is a nudist beach, and there's about ten lads all around there, all naked, and then I'm the one with the camera out, so I'm the weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a uh, I was mortifying, so I'm there trying to get out of the way, be like, sorry, you know, trying to land this drone, which by the way, as well, was beeping. You know, when the drone's oh, going, they've only got like three, and it's like dee dee, and it's the most in, like it's intrusive that noise, and there's about ten of them around me, all looking up at this drone, all bollock naked, and I'm like, For fuck's sake. <laughs> and again, like I'm the weirdo because I have the camera out, like. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't drone down there anymore. <laughs> I think for obvious reasons, yeah. But you know, it's, it's interesting you say I'm the weirdo because I'm the camera out. Instead of the guys that are absolutely ball stark naked there yeah. in the middle of this, like yeah, yeah, not a bother on them looking pointing into the sky at this mavic air running around the place. <laughs> okay, um, uh, and the next question is gear. So uh, everybody suffers from a bit of gas over you know period of time yeah, some people suffer yeah. from more than others but um you've alluded to it a couple of times anyway with the type of camera that you shoot with but tell me what camera gear do you carry in your bag so at the moment i'm shooting with the sony a7 r3 and i have the sony 16 to 35 f2.8 nice. i have the tamron 70 to 180 2.8 and then i have the 200 to 600 and it's the 5.6 to 6 point something Nice. Um, and then I have the Mavic uh, Pro 2 um, and then I suppose what else tripod I have a three-legged thing tripod very good um, which is is I'm gonna have to get a new tripod if I'm honest with that big set that big uh, 200 to 600 it's not exactly the most sturdy yeah okay. so uh, yeah so I've got to get a new tripod but uh, yeah that's my gear and then what else I have the Polar Pro ND filters for the drone they make a huge difference to be honest with you nice and um, never leave home without them um, and yeah that's about it and what bag are you carrying? Um, I have the Pro Tactic. I think it's the three fifty or the three hundred, maybe. Okay. Um, so it just like it, it's amazing. It fits everything, in, including that big lens. So in that oh. bag, I managed to fit the three lenses, the drone, and then I've got a load of filters as well for each different lenses and step down rings and mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. kind of polarizers and stuff like that for each different lens as well. So it's a heavy bag. But then it has all the little mods and attachments on the side. So the tripod goes on the side, the coffee bottle in the other side. That's that's me. The gas oh, is strong oh, with your Yeah, look. Do you know what? I haven't, if I'm honest, you're not wrong, but I haven't, I haven't upgraded since I bought that big lens. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to buy it for a while. Like, you know, that was oh, yeah. the expensive one. So, but like at the moment, I've, I'm more than happy with my gear. Like, you know, there's nothing that I'm seeing that I'm like, oh, I really need it for that. Yeah. Although the Mavic 3, 
you know, I'm looking at that and I'm like, whoa, like when you see the, the enter, is it the shiny, the city, yeah, the city version? The, that's the one, yeah, that's the one. So I saw that and I just I had a look at that. I thought, okay, but it's big money, big, big money. money, big money, yeah, big, big money. money. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't justify that right now. So, ah, you know what? Reason number 27 for gas is that there's a newer version after coming out that's so much better than the one that it was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're justified. Yeah. You're okay. Um, and of all the items that you carry with you, there's one which is a VSP. It's a very solid product. It's a product you will not leave home without. You'd put your name to it if you could. So what's your VSP? Mine would be, as I mentioned there, those Polar Pro filters, those yes. ND filters for the drone. They're just, they're great. They're, as far as taking the shine off the water, as far as adding more contrast to the image, which is already, like I was saying, difficult enough with a drone. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're if you're shooting in log as well for video, they, mm-hmm. they just do wonders. So that would be my, uh, the one I've never left. Even with my old drone, I had a, a different type of filters, but they were never anything like these ones. So yeah, I have to say they're the, they're the, winner, they're winner. the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, winner, winner. So, Dermot, that's it, man. We're we're there. We're after getting through uh, everything. I mean, I know they say time flies and you're having fun, but actually, I had a really good chat with you. I really enjoyed it. I mean, tell me, um, what's next for you now? So, what's on the horizon? You want to come to Cork? Okay, bring your passport. You got to get stamped there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to start off, yeah, I've had a great time as well. So, I appreciate you having me on, Darren. To be honest, this has been great fun. Um, yeah, so local stuff around the country for the summer. Um, then I'm going to do a little bit of traveling to Spain in September and get a couple of shots around there. Nice. Um, but other than that, I'm just trying to focus on, keep on developing my style of photography, trying to, I say at the start there, trying to mature my photography a little bit, let it let it kind of mature a little bit, stop mm-hmm. doing the crazy styles or the crazy edits as much and try to bring it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just keep on learning and keep on exploring um, and, and, and trying to challenge myself. So. Right. That's the best way to do it, man. You know, every day is a school day. You get better every time you use the camera. So, you know, um, and in case people don't know, where can they find all of your amazing uh, photos? What's your what's your handle on uh, on the Instagram? <laughs> so it's at Dermot Garland um, and uh, same on Twitter at Dermot Garland, Facebook at Dermot Garland um, posting okay. as much as I can magic yeah. well look what i'll do is i'll put all the links anyway into the show notes and i'll put them into the, the group and stuff and i share out the images but i think people will you know enjoy looking at your grid and following along on your you know progressive journey in photography and i think it'll be something that you know you might even listen back to this in a couple of years time and go jesus what was i saying but i guarantee yeah. you you know <laughs> you i guarantee you one thing i think is that you will find that as you go on and as you go on and as you go on, you just get better. You find you, you fine tune, you fine tune, you fine tune. And if you're already thinking that you're only fine tuning right now and your shots are certified bangers every single week, God knows what's going to be ahead in the next two years, man. It's been uh, great uh, to follow your work. It's been great to have the chats in the, with you this evening, man. Thank you very, very much for coming on. Ah, man, cheers again for having me. Thank you again for all the kind words. And uh, yeah, look forward to maybe talking to you again sometime. All right, bye. Listen, guys, thanks very much for listening. Um, From me in Cork to Dermot in Dublin. Until the next time, Schlanger Fall. Cheers. Hey, guys, if you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts? Give us a five star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.